Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. This is our second time starting an episode today. I, uh, going down the road, the car's shaking a little bit. I'm like, ah, no, I know what this means. I get out, yeah, I was maybe a minute from the house, and I get out and I look, and my back right tire is completely flat in the Maz. So, got the wife's car. I'm going to have to have that towed all the way to uh, Biddeford. It'll cost me a couple hundred bucks, and then it, hopefully it's not the rim. I've, I've put like, i put like, I don't know, four or five sets of rims on that thing. I just, I crack a lot of rims. You know, it's just, it's hard up here in the north. You know, if you guys are listening to me, most of our viewers understand. You know, PA, Ohio, uh, by the way, PA's number one, uh, Ohio or Maine, I can't remember which is number two. We got a lot of people from Virginia. Um, so shout out those states. New York at the top of the list um, in terms of viewership. I was looking at it last night, but uh, I've gone through so many rims. So it's been an interesting uh, 18 hours. You know, last night uh, we went to bed around like 9, 9.30. And uh, I woke up. My wife's like, Michael, Michael, I need help with Ada. And I'm like disoriented. It's like 11.30. And I go into the room and Ada was screaming inconsolably, like crying so hard that she would like cry all of her breath out and like turn beet red. And uh, it was, I guess she was like that a half hour before Geneva even woke me up. And uh, it was it was scary. I called my mom. You know, because Ada does not cry, <laughs> like especially like that. You know, if she cries, it's because she's hungry or she's tired, and it does not last long at all. Maybe, I don't know, the longest I've heard her cry is maybe five, ten minutes, you know, and then she goes to sleep. But normally it's because she's hungry. You put a bottle or a boob in her mouth and she's good to go. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I call my mom. My mom's, you know... We're running through a checklist of things. She didn't have a rash. She didn't have a temperature, a diaper, clean diaper. It wasn't anything. We took her little onesie off. Maybe something was poking her, took that off, changed the diaper again. And dude, poor kid was inconsolable. Like it was a mix of fear, like sadness. Like I felt really bad for her and unadulterated rage. Like whatever was hurting her. I wanted to absolutely maul and mutilate it, whatever it was. Like, you know, you know what really drives me nuts is when she gets the hiccups. I wish hiccups was a person so I could kick them through some drywall. Like it's, (laughs) I feel so bad. She's like tired and she's starting to fall asleep and then hiccup, hiccup, hiccup. And I'm like, dude, if hiccups were a person, I'd break your spine. (laughs) It's like, I, I can't stand it. But anyways, So, poor thing, man. Um, So, I do what every idiot parent does and hopped online. uh, um, But it was actually pretty helpful. So, she's, you know, a little bit past the four months mark uh, online. It was saying she could be teething early, um, which makes a lot of sense. And the more people I've talked to, two moms that I really trust, um, Danielle and Rachel, like they're super natural no doctors, blah, 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 with their kids. You know, I trust and respect them very much. And uh, they both agreed it was probably teething. 
And it's interesting because I was just talking to Geneva about how much the kid was drooling. I had her on my lap yesterday outside having a blast. Uh, just looking at the grass and the trees and, and the animals. And uh, she was just drooling all over her shirt. And she kept trying to put my hand in her mouth. She was like sucking on my uh, like my thumb knuckle, the, the base of my thumb. And uh, those are telltale signs. Drooling and putting things in their mouth that they're teething. So we think she was uh, going through some pain last night teething which man if that's how it's gonna we gotta I'm like Geneva we gotta get some stuff for her gums and I don't want her to be in that much pain you know and I think it was probably scary for her because we take such I know every parent does but like Ada has our attention 24-7 especially Geneva she's attached to G all day long we don't put her down so I think we brought her up in such a happy comfortable place that pain to her and, you know, part of me feels terrible. Part of me is like, welcome to life, kid. <laughs> it's going to hurt. <laughs> it's a fun ride, but it's going to hurt sometimes, you know. And uh, it's just, uh, it was so flat tire. We didn't sleep much last night. So, you know, she didn't want to be put down. And there's also a lot of uh, attachment sleep regression at four months. A couple people were telling me. So, like. Even when she stopped crying last night, Geneva, when she go to put Ada down to sleep, Ada would just start, you know, crying again. So Geneva had to sleep with her basically until like three or four o'clock in the morning, I think is when Geneva came back to bed. And, you know, I didn't sleep. I'm worried about Geneva not sleeping. I'm worried about baby. I'm like, so we got a later start. It's like 922. Like I'm literally going to have to blast through this workout and then I get a flat tire. <laughs> so I gotta turn around and go back. So I'm literally gonna have by the time I get to the gym, I'm probably gonna have uh, less than a half hour to. But hey, no excuses. No excuses. That's the point of this. We didn't sleep last night. Woke up, had a flat tire. I got every excuse to not go to the gym, and here I am, it going to the gym. There's no excuse. I don't care if it's kids. I don't care. I don't care what it. You gotta make it happen. My wife was like, I could tell this one. Like, do you want me to stay so you can sleep a little longer? I can take her after I run by eleven o'clock meeting. She's like, no, just go because I think I know she understands. I've got to go to the gym to be the person I need to be. I got to go get the demons out. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, I want to back up to another point. Just refresh some of you parents or soon to be parents, or you want to be parents in the future. You know, I mentioned uh, Danielle and Rachel, the two moms that I trust are, you know, not, they don't like doctors. They're like us. And we found a pretty good pediatrician that comes to the house, but I will not take my child to a doctor's office. Outside of her bleeding, you know what I mean? She ain't going. Um, and the reason why is, you know, if you guys remember the episode I did right after she was born, the amount of I'm sorry to say, swear, but bullshit that they put us through in that hospital. I, I, I will never, the rest of our births, God willing, will all be at home. Zero percent chance we, it, dude. So Ada's born a month early, just crash course in what happened to us at this hospital with these professionals. Birth went really well. They wanted it. So what's the deal with them trying to weigh the kid as soon as it comes out the womb? Like, it's not going to... They tried to weigh her when she came out. I'm like, no, put her on my wife in that golden hour immediately. 
So, you know, they pick her up, they bring her over to this table as soon as she came out. And I said, to Geneva, to Geneva, let's go. You know, they're checking her over. I'm like, everything's fine. The kid's crying. <laughs> put her on my wife. So they put her on my wife. They still tried to weigh her. I'm like, no, 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 you will do that later. I, why, why do they do that? Why do they take the kid out and weigh them immediately during the golden hour when it's supposed to be on the mom? It's ridiculous. So stupid. I get so freaking angry at these people. So she, that happened, little thing. And then uh, they, uh, the first shift, so Ada was born at like 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, the first shift nurses were all great. Oh my goodness, she's so healthy. She's so perfect, blah, blah, blah. She's amazing. They did a glucose test, okay? It came back, so they had like this handheld monitor. They tested her glucose and it came back, so it had to be, I think, a 40. It came back like a 22. And the nurse is like, dude, that's so low, this can't be right. So they sent it to the lab and it came back a 41. So that's the first time they had to prick her. They pricked her like nine times, dude. I'll never do this again. Next time somebody tries to tell me they're going to test the glucose in my baby, I'm going to punch him right in the throat. So they <laughs> they test her. And down in the lab, the more conclusive it took like an hour for the results to come back, but it came back perfect, above perfect. So uh, they do another test, and it came back a little bit lower. It was like a 39, but still right in the 40 range. The nurses change shifts. This is where it gets wacky. So the night nurse comes in, and you know how they are. They're waking you up every hour for no reason. So the night nurse comes in, and she's like, she sits down, and she's like, well, we know little Ada really has the deck stacked against her. I'm like, what? me and my wife look at each other, and we're like, what the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? She's like, well, you know, the glucose test. And I'm like, they were both fine. And she's like, well, no, the first one was really low. I said it was really low on your handheld monitor that's for adults. But the lab came back and said, well, she's like, well, we just got to keep our eye on it. You know, you've got to be worried about this and you got to be worried about this. And if it doesn't get higher, we're going to have to give her an IV or formula. And I'm just, a, Geneva starts to cry because the whole first shift nurse team was like, dude, Ada is perfect. She's so healthy, blah, blah, blah. So they do another glucose test and it comes back low on the handheld monitor. I said, send it to the lab, please. Your monitor is a piece of trash. So they send it to the lab and it comes back fine again. Nurse comes back in. She's like, well, you know, we're looking into maybe getting her on some formula. We got to get her sugar up. I'm like, no, 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 no. The three lab tests have all come back perfect, fine. It's your monitor, the handheld monitor. The less conclusive, faster test is inaccurate. The more conclusive, comprehensive lab test is showing she's in perfect range. So she brings the doctor in, and the doctor and I had to sit there and argue for, I don't know, 20 minutes to, to get, I had, I eventually got her to admit that all four of her tests came back fine. One was one point lower than it needed to be. So the doc, I mean, you can ask my wife, dude. The doctor was like, I don't know if she thought, is she just used to everybody being idiots? Like, oh, you're the doctor. Okay, yeah, sure. Whatever you say, doc. I, don't, I, I just, uh, you know, she argued with me and eventually admitted, okay, the blood sugar is fine. So then I wanted to be like, so why are you pressuring me and trying to scare my wife? 
into getting our kid on formula or to have an, a glucose IV. So as soon as they found out they couldn't sell us any more nonsense, they were ready to let us go the next day. <laughs> Literally. With a month-old preemie baby, the next day they're like, they, she had to do the car seat test, which she failed once, and then they did it again, which I think that's a load of malarkey as well. Ridiculous. But she, you know, and uh, the reason why I'm saying this, this is fresh in my head today, because I was thinking about a video I just saw. Uh, there's a group of like 10 to 15,000 doctors that are all banding together and like, hey, this COVID stuff, the way this was approached, the way, like the way people were silenced, like they're, they're like coming out and speaking against the way things went down, like a huge group of doctors from all over the world. Medical professionals now, and I understand this isn't everybody, but it's most of them, are bloodsuckers. They want your money. More specifically, the insurance company's money. So the more tests they can run, the more, like, a lot of people even talking about ultrasounds, how uh, unnecessary the amount of ultrasounds you give your baby are and how it could be potentially harmful. Like, mammograms like a lot of these tests you know like even sometimes prostate exams in your four like we gotta get like it's just i understand preventative care is important to a degree but there's test after test it's like if i go like i can remember uh the last time i went to the hospital they wanted to give me uh when i was a kid i broke my leg they wanted to give me an iv why do you why do i need an iv for a broken leg put the cast on shut your mouth run my insurance and let me go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's You guys could tell I'm pretty aggressive today that I've got a lot of anger and displeasure uh, towards our modern medicine. I, I uh, It's just, uh, oh, I guess all this goes to say is that if you couldn't, like COVID completely shattered every bit of trust I have in any medical professional completely shattered it I have no trust in doctors nurses and plus the people I know there's one really good nurse uh, that I know her name's Grace um, <clears throat> my best one of my best friends wife she's amazing empathetic she's a Christian she's very good at what she does but most of the people that I know that went on to be nurses I'm like dude these girls were horrible and now they're taking care of me. It's like somebody was talking about this the other day. I think it was a TikTok where this kid was like, dude, like the meanest, nastiest, sluttiest girls in high school go on to be nurses. And he's like, I think that's problematic. And I'm like, dude, you know what? He's got, he's got a pretty good point. Now, if you're listening to me, listen, I, I know there's a lot of really good nurses out there. Like I said, Grace is one. I think one of my cousins who I really like is one. It's not everybody, but it's an alarming amount. I've seen a lot of these doctors that were very pro-COVID, all the nonsense. Like, you look in their eyes and you can see that they're full-blown psychos. Like, there's, when you, I don't know how many of you are able to detect a psychopath. I'm not a psychopath. I don't even think of a, I, there's, there's clearly, I'm just, my, my, my cheese is like not halfway off my cracker, but a third of the way off my cracker, like, if I was pushed to a point where I had to be violent, like in war or somebody was trying to take my kid or something like that, like 
I could do some pretty heinous things, but I would never hurt anybody, you know, who didn't deserve it, which I think is what, and I'm very empathetic. I love animals. You know, you can tell, you can tell by looking at somebody in their eyes, if they're crazy, you can tell if you know how to pick up on it. And some of these doctors, like in the masks expose the eyes more than anything because the mouth and nose are covered. It's, I call it the Pfizer eyes, the Pfizer stare. These, why, it's like, it's like both eyelids do not touch the iris. So like when you look at somebody's eyes, you, you got to know what I'm talking about. I could picture this lady now, scrawny, curly, kind of messy, short hair, and just wide-eyed, stared, where her top eyelid, underneath the top eyelid is white of the eye, underneath the bottom eyelid is white of the eye. Like she just did an eight ball of cocaine. And that's how they look all the time. Psychos. Psychos. The one abortion doctor I met. Same look. Because it's just a baby killer. Abortionists are baby killers. They are murderers. Abortionist, abortion doctors are going to end up in one of the hottest spots of hell. I can tell you that right now. Without a doubt. Abortion doctors are probably some of the most vile, disgusting people on the planet. Vile, disgusting people on the planet. And you can see in these people's eyes, like I said, with the whole COVID thing, man, that if you trust doctors and the WHO, WHO, and the CDC, and all these places... Like, the CDC, the WHO, all this stuff is so dystopian. It's like a bad movie. It's... I don't see how anybody could trust any of those people now. After what happened with COVID. So, I don't know. I guess all this goes to say... That... You should be questioning everything. And just because somebody's a quote-unquote expert doesn't mean that you just take everything that they say and run with it. Like you should be examining, cross-referencing, and the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. And you know what's funny? Is that if you ask multiple doctors opinions, like you could end up on a watch list. Isn't that crazy? Like you could hit CPS's radar by doctor shopping, going from doctor to doctor. They'll flag you. You know, because they're like, oh, it's abuse. They're hiding trail of abuse. No, no, it's because you want to control us. You want to control us. You want to control our kids. And you want to have that threat of you taking our children from us looming over our heads. Which God help the person that would ever even consider taking my child from me. God, that's all I'll say. (laughs) That's all I'll say. It's just, uh, you got to be careful out there, man. You got to be very, very careful. Like I said, especially medical procedures with your kids, with yourself. Like, our doctors are not invested in solving any real health problems. They're invested in selling you the pill that treats the symptoms, not the cause. You know, there's that meme that goes around and, and the doctor's like, yeah, your lifestyle has caused all of these issues that you're dealing with. And the patient says, so I should change my lifestyle? And the doctor says, no, here's a pill. If your doctor gave a damn about you, 
if you were diabetic, and I understand there's certain medications you got to take in certain scenarios to mitigate, manage symptoms. But if your doctor gave one lick of care about you, go, 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 shoot as priest. Guys, just stopping in the middle of the freaking road. It's like these people from Florida, man. Guys are going to make a left-hand turn, and he's just stopping in the middle of the road with a green left signal. It's like unreal. Um. Anyways, <laughs> he's probably a doctor. <laughs> anyways, if your doctor's first recommendation isn't lifestyle changes and getting you on a good diet and exercise routine and how much water are you drinking and all this... Like now they're all trying to tell us red meat is bad for us and eggs. Things that humans have survived on for thousands of years. Now have this soybean oil that was created, this soybean oil bar that was created in a lab that we had to heat the ingredients to 1100 degrees to to form together. It's like, yeah, but don't eat steak. Don't eat steak. I don't know. I just, some episodes I want to pour into you and help you and develop you and inspire you. And some episodes I got to get you to start thinking about the world around you and stop taking everything at face value. So, that's today's episode. Don't trust doctors. Don't trust the who. Don't trust the CDC. Don't take things at face value. Try to do things as naturally as possible. Your body is capable of healing itself. You need to listen to your body and trust your body more than you trust any doctor who probably sniffed their way through their PhD. And uh, it's like fat doctors. A fat doctor is an oxymoron. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this guy's going to help me be healthy. He's 40 pounds overweight. I don't know. All right. I love you guys. Have a great day.